trade services, Lavazi and Book1.co.uk present the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast, episode 500 and, oh my god, 85, something like that. Five, oh, I'm going to stick with that. 585. I'm Adam mm. and 55. And here is Mary Lang. Could you just not let me enjoy this moment of not knowingness? <laughs> <laughs> and Kirby Bartlett, Sloan. Hello, barely sentient local. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this week, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, 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 don't, I mean, I know Debbie. You know Debbie Melrose, don't you? She has got a sense of humour, right? So, anybody who doesn't uh, isn't like me and hasn't known Debbie for considerably, well, a considerable period of time, probably over ten years. Um, actually, you you lot a little bit less. So, um, this particular comment it, it will, will probably resonate in a in a way that hopefully doesn't make her laugh too much. She's got a She's an ill heart this week, so she's a bit poorly with a heart. But uh, it's ironic that the the episode that she's uh, heart's playing up on is called Flatline. So we do hope it, it doesn't lead <laughs> to anything yeah. of that ilk. So yeah, just yeah, a dicky yeah, ticker. Yeah, look after your dicky ticker. It's slightly my fault, to be fair, because <clears> she made me take her out to uh, the uh, Anthony Mingella Theatre in Newport to see. Neil James's play, uh, which was very good. We uh, enjoyed meeting Neil. We enjoyed watching the play, and uh, it might have been a bit too much for a, a dicky ticker. So, but at least we got to see him and, and you know and the play and stuff. So, don't often get out to see uh, live drama and stuff. So it was good fun, and a packed out audience too. So I've got uh, something. So what's, it, what's it like to meet a, uh, a listener that you hadn't met before? Um, it's always nice to meet uh, people who are complimenting you. Um, I, I'll try and refrain from the, the temptation to advise them to take some sort of counselling, but I, I just said thank you and <laughs> we sort of moved on from there. Uh, By the way, Debbie's been on the podcast almost 10 years. No, she. Well, she didn't uh, have a dicky tick about then, though, did she? Her first uh, appearance was for podcast number 217 <laughs> in April of 2014. Thanks, Kirby. Okay. <laughs> um, he right, says but... that in February, so <laughs> it <laughs> might have been a good announcement to make in April. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, right. no, he just he just was, Master was just saying that we've known her for and then I knew her, she was a customer before she started working at the co-op. So I've known her a little bit of time. But and anyway, she and, and you started talking, talking with her about uh, Doctor Who somehow. No, she uh, she was I was serving her at the checkout at the co-op and um, her text went off and it was the TARDIS sound effect. <laughs> so I thought, ah. And then she yeah. then she started working at the co at the um, post office at the co-op. So uh, and uh, things uh, I actually went up to her at the po- at the counter and sort of thought I'll ask her if she wants to come on the show. I didn't expect to say yes to be fair, so I was quite pleased. Anyway, uh, so live feed, we <laughs> God's sake, 
Uh, live feed is Lillian Robin saying hi, and then where's the where's Neil? I think he's still got a few more shows to do, uh, Lillian. But he did uh, did mention you quite a lot, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, but what I would. While Lillian's there, uh, Neil made me aware of a couple of uh, Lillian's um, facts that I was unaware of. Of course, we we created the hashtag Lillian's Legs, um, but there are there are a couple of other channels that Lillian has on a similar ilk that aren't her legs. Um, so um, so if you've got any hashtags, Lillian, you'd like me to mention on the show for your fans, um, uh, I'm quite happy to do so. Uh, but um, they look just as good as the Lillian's, Lillian's Legs page. So I'm just going to say, so one day we'll have just hashtag Lillian. I suppose we get to see all of her all at once. Right then. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, we got this bit, bit of music to play. Tim Jury says, I see you've reached my favourite episode of Series 8. Such a wonderful original idea. And Terry Miles says, Good evening, Adam. And uh, <laughs> I love Lillian. <laughs> Lillian says, Lily's bum, you mean? <laughs> I think that was one of them. Wasn't there another one as well? Pictures of her bum? Well, she's got a nice bum, Mary. Why not? <laughs> sure there was another one i always thought there was three maybe it's just lillian's bum maybe I, I... anyway yeah um neil made me aware what made as well i think neil is a fan of lillian i think she's very much a lillian fan uh, as are we but in a slightly different uh, context right then so this week we're going to be looking at uh, an episode called flatline and it doesn't feature Kiefer sutherland or julia roberts so don't get confused it's flatline doctor who uh, so uh Without further ado, we'll move on. And uh, Kirby, what did I say? I don't know. What did you say? <laughs> You've forgotten already. Okay, so Flatline begins with a, a beardy bloke on the phone, um, sort of a bit scared because stuff's happening, and then he suddenly disappears, and the, hat, the phone just swings around. And um, then there's a, there's a like a picture of him. Remember that that sort of was it a Leonardo da Vinci thing, or, or was it of the skull, or was it? Um, no, that artist that did um, Cobert, no, not Cobert, it was the one that painted Henry VIII and all that lot, I can't remember his name now. They did, basically it's a painting of, of somebody's head when it's really, really long and you move the camera angle and it it creates the, the correct dimensions. I think it was... I don't know. Dimensions in time. What? Nothing. <laughs> you're, you're talking about an actor? I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about an, an artist, uh, a Tudor artist who... Uh, a very prolific Tudor artist who painted lots of stuff, and he also painted... I, I could tell you, but I, I would have to get up and find a book on the sort of art. Yeah, uh, no, it's, oh, no, 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 no. I'm it, not going No, to. no, no, it's not a sort of art. Basically, it's paint, I think it's a painting of um, Henry VIII, and within the painting is this sort of... It's a skull, feet, yeah. It's a skull, and you, if you move to a what, certain angle, the skull is distorted in the painting, but when you sort of move to a certain angle, it's, it looks like a proper skull. It's very, very clever for, it's, for its, its time. It's, I, have, I have an entire book devoted to examples of that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, anyway, there's there's, there's also other ones where, like, the book has a, a flexible uh, mylar reflecting sheet in it that you can also roll that up into a cylinder and put it down on uh, the middle of some of these paintings and it will show you the picture 
yeah, okay. all kinds of things like that. No, I was just trying to think what the artist's name was, but um, never mind. It's a, a, a very you know lifelike artist, uh, as was Van Dyke's another artist from uh, the Stuart period, who painted some very lifelike uh, portraits of King Charles the First and King Charles the Second. Moving on, um, right? So, what do we get up to? So, yeah, the it's doctor. Not, uh, uh, the, the artist is. Is Hans Holbein or Oh, I knew these. I've said Coburn. Well, that's quite close for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, Holbein it, it is. And, uh, the painting itself is called The Ambassadors. Holbein. Yeah, Hans Holbein. Uh, right, so yeah, the Doctor and um, uh, Clara having a little bit of a banter session inside the TARDIS. And then Clara notices that the door of the TARDIS has shrunk a bit. Because the Doctor's saying that um, there's a bit of a problem with the... Um, the dimensions, and he's, he's he said, right, I'm going to try and get you back to uh, uh, around about the time you left Ish, doesn't he? And then they said, well, um, I can yes. only manage Ish, Ish at the moment because there's a few dimensional issues. Ish use. Oh, come mm-hmm. on, that was worth it. Gonna... Where's my bell gone? <laughs> Who's Nick my bell? I leave this room for five minutes, and then a major, oh, oh. major tool of, for the podcast oh, has completely disappeared. One of my quotes was, these readings are very ishy. Thank you, Mary. Yes. You don't get a bell for that, because my one was better. Where the hell is my bell gone? You don't get a bell anyway, because I've lost it. Uh, okay, we'll leave the bell. Don't worry about that. It should be here. Um, yeah, so uh, when noticing that the TARDIS door has shrunk, uh, the Doctor sticks his head out and um, that's what it tries, and then squeezes out, in fact. And, of course, he thinks it's quite cute initially. And... Um, and then they go back in. Oh no! Uh, Clara uh, go, walks off, and the doctor goes back in. And then we meet some um, some people who are doing community service, including that bloke that was in our feeder zone pet, um, who's a bit of a, a bit of a one, isn't he? Shall we say? Uh, including Rigsy, who uh, who um, a, a nice young lad who's been to being who's in community service because he did some um, graffiti art. Uh, and he's told rather cruelly, but he has to do it, paint over his signature first. Well, they don't call that a signature, do they, on, on uh, graffiti? It's got another name. Called a tag. tag. I said it before you, Kirby. I get it. Where's my bell? I'm on form tonight and I can't even ding myself. The, 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 by the way, the old guy was uh, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as the broker, which is where I first remember seeing him. The old guy. Yes. Are you talking about the bloke that was in Alfeda Zane, Pat, that I just mentioned? The yeah, I don't know what Alfeda Zane is. Oh, my God. The bloke who's basically in charge of them all. Yeah. Hello? Anybody there? Yes. Yes, thank yes. you. Right. Yes. So, yes, um, I didn't know he was in uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I suspect uh, um, you know, uh, Karen Gillan got, got him the part or something he's, like that. He's, he's in lots of stuff. Okay, well, it was originally in our feeder same Pat, along with actors like uh, Jimmy Nail and Timothy Spall, but you probably wouldn't have heard of him, Timothy Spall. But never mind. Of course um, I've heard of Timothy Spall. No, you have not. And you're saying you have because I mentioned it. No, Meanwhile, what? You're talking about uh, Wormtail. No, from, I'm talking about uh, Timothy Harry Spall. Potter. Timothy Spall. Uh, Timothy Spall, I should say. Anyway. Ooh. I think Isabella's what? in trouble. Isabella's in trouble. She's getting that tone from Deb's voice. Um, right, so, yeah. So, so, at the moment, the Doctor's investigating the dimensional issues from inside the TARDIS, while uh, uh, Clara is sort of going about 
having a little poke around, see if she can find out what's going on. She meets Riggsy and the lads and uh, befriends Riggsy, who seems like a very nice young man. Immediately goes back to, to, to find the Doctor and the TARDIS, and the TARDIS has shrunk to a tiny, dinky little thing that I've got on my mantelpiece. It's so cool. In fact, it's even smaller than that. And her reaction to it is rather cute, to be fair. I think her reaction to that little dinky TARDIS is the same reaction that everybody had when uh, Character Options first released the TARDIS that was a money box and or the other one where you could press a button underneath it and do the sound or the doors would open and it would make that sort of, sort of a humming noise that the TARDIS does when you open it up. Yeah, I'm looking over on, on my knickknack shelf and I've got at least four tiny TARDISes. I have one um, at the moment that the 13th Doctor is sort of leaning up against because um, they haven't released the appropriate further Doctors after that just yet. Although I have got somewhere under my desk, and I was really tempted to get it out of this box, because Deb said not to get it out of its box. That's the uh, um, the thingy Doctor, you know, the um, fugitive Doctor. Deb said not to get it out of its box for one reason or another. But if I don't take it out of its box, it's just going to be stuffed under this desk. And there's a TARDIS in it I don't really want, but there you go. So, like we said, it's shrunk to a little tiny cutie... Um, TARDIS uh, and the Doctor and th- these scenes are so fab when when he he's, his, his face is poking up through the this little tiny box and, and um, Clara sort of taking the Mickey out of him a little bit which is really really funny. She picks it up and um, and puts it in her bag and I've always loved the idea of having a TARDIS bag and for the, for this time after the Doctor hands the you know the psychic thingy and sonic screwdriver and a few other little bits and bobs she's basically got a tardis bag because all she has to do is reach into a bag and the doctor hands her something which is really really cool um you could suggest master hang on let me finish before you butt in you could suggest that a couple of the objects she was handed might not have fitted through the tardis doors in those dimensions but uh hey oh yes why not (laughs) why not why wouldn't they uh yeah there's a scene of the filming uh, some of that uh, in the making of that you can see on YouTube, but uh, it wasn't Peter Capaldi's hand coming out of her bag. It was some other bloke. Okay, what's that? Is someone being rung? I can hear a boom boom noise, or someone's battery yeah, running out. It is. My phone is sitting next to the mm. microphone. Would you like me to uh, move it? Well, is it making a boom boom noise? It was uh, when uh, Fred walks past one of the motion cameras by the front door, uh, it will inform me that I've got a something on the camera. Thank that's you, Kirby. Okay. what it was. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, so meanwhile, uh, so the, um, basically, Clara's been licensed to be the Doctor, although he, he didn't actually say that, but she, she decided that he did say that, because she, she's got all the kit. She's got the TARDIS, the sonic screwdriver... Uh, a, a sort of communication for, for advice from the doctor himself uh, so she goes about being the doctor which irritates the doctor a little bit and uh, everybody who doesn't like Clara being the doctor uh, doesn't irritate me in the slightest so we'll carry on um, yeah so it starts off um, as the story begins as they're sort of poking around flats and stuff like that reasonably light hearted uh, light hearted investigation yes a couple of people may have sort of disappeared but they were at this stage they, they only disappeared that we we don't know they've actually been killed um and so they they enlist a police officer um to to help the investigation and what do you think happens to her 
she becomes oh, golly, absorbed what in, does happen to her? She gets absorbed into the carpet. Um, <laughs> and um, kind, kind of like the absorbola. Yeah, it was a bit. Um, it's a shame, really. A very good scene, though. But, um, Riggsy and um, Clara don't see this because they're in another room. And uh, interesting, the carpet design is very similar to one we used to have. Oh no, it's like the carpet design in this room actually. Well, well, it's really like us. the carpet design in this room. Um, I can't at the moment, but it's a very similar pattern. Uh, anyway, so poor police officer gets absorbed into the uh, carpet, and uh, then they they're in the room, and then the doctor's saying, um, oh, "Is it something like, um stay away from the walls or something like that?" I can't remember. Was it something like that? Because he's, like he's sort of sussed out there's a two-dimensional element to whatever's causing this, which, of course, uh, it's a, a creature from a two-dimensional universe type thing. And, um, yeah, so this creature is sort of turning everything into two-dimensional. Um, like the sofa going into two-dimensions was really cute. And uh, master, master, oh, master. God, I'm it's really gushing got... about this, and you're interrupting me. Go on. It's also dissecting the people. There's, yeah, there's, there's skin that well. on one wall and yeah. a uh, and a nervous system on another wall. But Doctor gives them the benefit of the doubt, so maybe that yeah, the, the desert scene. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe these uh, two-dimensional creatures don't realize that the 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 human beings are meant to be in three dimensions. So they tr- feel as if they're trying to help them out. Obviously, we find out later on that's not actually the case. Um, moving on. So, in the middle of um, trying to save themselves with a dangly chair, which is really quite clever, uh, Danny decides that's the moment I want to call Clara. <laughs> so Clara tries to deal with the phone call while also trying to deal with uh, staying alive uh, and trying to save Riggsy as well. So, that was quite funny. Um, I've noticed, I may have noticed this previous time, that the doctor's hair length sort of uh, changes drastically in, in episode, yeah, this know, episode. All of a sudden, he had really short hair, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, hang on, me, me thing's gone funny. It's um, a science fiction fantasy TV show. Uh, science is a fantasy hairdresser show, do you say? Yes. Now, why does why does Clara keep lying to Danny about where she is? Did he did he tell her he does he doesn't want her to travel with the doctor anymore? I don't know. Wasn't there a point in which Clara sort of said, "Right, see, I'm never travelling with you again." So we'll do that mummy on the Orient Express thing, and at the end of it, she said, well, "Actually, you know, maybe I'll, I I do actually want to." carry on maybe she told danny at that point that she wasn't going to travel with the doctor again and that's yeah. where she's got herself into this sort of um in the middle of this lie thing anyway um down in the underpass areas there's paintings of people on the wall which are actually people that have been killed but they're actually being uh, manifested into a motion by the the aliens that have sort of taken them and and then from this point onwards that they, they end up um, in a lot of trouble because the, the aliens seem to be gaining power and uh, we find out they're actually gaining power from the TARDIS, hence the TARDIS is shrunk around, uh, and they start rising up from the ground and being quite scary uh, and they killed uh, one of the um, one of the you know, the workers uh, and he kept on appearing, they sort of glitch don't they as they're appearing and, um, and still, still look like they're sort of partly painted and stuff and so I'm going to move on a bit here because I don't want the, the, the master, the cool. effects on this still hold up 10 years oh, yeah, later. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's I beautiful. Yeah, I watched it on my big, big telly and it looks snap. Um, 
and there's a point though, so they're, they're under this in the underground past thing we jig and trying to deal with these aliens and and um clara does have to take charge she does have the doctor in an earpiece for 11 uh, for a period of time until uh the tardis gets sort of knocked out of her hands and falls down a, a great big thingy uh, cavern i suppose you call it and uh and that the creatures get more and more sort of vicious, and they're gaining power. And um, so uh, I think it gets to the point... I'm sorry I'm moving forward, but basically that's what all this part of the story is, them running from this, yeah. Yeah, this sort of thing. Yeah, it's just more of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, they're trying to get away from and stay out of the trouble from these um, aliens. Riggsy's been really heroic. They jump in the train at some point and just get out of it before it, before it sort of becomes a, a, a mural on the wall because uh, Riggsy said he's going to sort of like sacrifice himself um, and then the TARDIS eventually becomes a little cube doesn't it um, Kirby it doesn't have yeah, its police it, it box looks, it looks like that communications cube from yeah. uh, the, uh, it's lost so much Doctor, power it's gone to um, it's sort of Doctor's wife yeah. yes um, by the way that, that railroad uh the, the abandoned siding area the outside where the where the TARDIS shrunk. Yeah. That was also where the bomb was from the uh, Doctor Dance's empty child. Why? Thank you. And you have to admit that it's funny watching the Doctor get a, away from the train, Adams <laughs> family style. Yes. Uh, and they actually mentioned the Adams family in yeah. in dialogue, which I thought was great. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I can't remember. I know that the TARDIS. Um, I can't remember why it suddenly gets its power back. Could you I don't remind? remember why it was something about the the dimensional creatures were trying to throw energy at something at a wall. Yes. Yeah. They, they, okay. This why. is what it. Uh, I can explain. Go on. Then. I'll explain later. No. Uh, now. Now. Please. The the uh, Doctor Clara gets Riggsy to uh, paint a fake door on oh. the back of a poster. Yeah. So that the the uh, and they trick the boneless to try to open the door, but since it's not really a door, their energy goes through the wall and into the TARDIS. Oh. Painted door. I I knew That's it was a it. door. Yeah, I knew there was, was something painted. Out. Yeah. I didn't realize. I thought it was a the door of the TARDIS that wasn't a real door and that's how it got into the TARDIS but that makes more sense actually so that's good um, mm-hmm. and of course the, the cube becomes a TARDIS box and it grows and grows and grows and um, the Doctor's quite cross at this stage when he comes out of the TARDIS because he's given them a chance but they've obviously shown themselves to be utter monsters and I do love that final real proper monsters no benevolence they are just monsters and that's that and the doctor deals no, no with them. misunderstood yeah. or abused no, monsters just monsters uh, and he was talking about other creatures he's met in the past like you know the the, the gas creatures and all that stuff um and so he's well experienced with 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 giving people a chance or monsters a chance and he just deals with them and, and the same way he dealt with um the gelf and the same way he dealt with the uh the of mines in uh What's that series called? The one that was really good, uh, with David Tennant became human and the Watch and everything, Family of Blood or something like that. And it dealt with them in that way, and um, yeah, it was just great. And um, that was uh, essentially that. But the interesting thing, of course, you know, we said about we saw the Artron energy, 
uh, uh, going into the little cube, turning it back into the TARDIS as we know now. And that's why the Doctor's hair shrunk, because he had a slight regeneration of his hair. <laughs> but by the end of the episode, it had gone back to its uh, original sort of length we, we saw in the beginning of the episode. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. I, I, I know we skipped through bits what of happened it. was they brought him back in to uh, do some pickup lines. Yeah, after he done a haircut. He cut his hair in, in between. Yeah. Okay, right, so uh, it's a flat line. Um, crap. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, it's really, really good. Um, it's original, uh, which is always a good starter. Uh, the cast are, are really fab, but even the, the guest cast are, are really fab. Obviously, Riggsy's a, a great character. Uh, Clara's um, sort of played by Jenna Coleman, who's in her absolute element in this story. Um Earthbound episodes can be a bit boring, but not this one. Um, having when I watched it this time, I, I couldn't really remember much about it the first time, so it was almost like watching it as a new episode for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was very Doctor Who. Yes, the Doctor was sort of a bit Doctor-like, wasn't he? He was trapped in the TARDIS, but he was able still to orchestrate things. He, uh, however much Clara was being Clara Doctor, it was still the Doctor orchestrating stuff until the last bit of the end when she sort of used a bit of her own initiative with the help of Riggsy. Uh, but um, in the end, it was just a, a, a fabulous uh, standalone episode, and um, I do like the odd standalone episode that's quite good. So, um, yeah, again, it's one, you know, talking about the hatred that we have for Moffat and Moffat's era and potentially Capaldi's era, you know, i.e., people like Ben never watching it again and a few others. Uh, this episode is an exception to that rule. And there's been a few few um, episodes that, are, that I have forgotten. that Oh, yes, it is actually really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, what did you think about it then, Kirby? Well, um, what, first of all, one thing... Uh, Ben liked it last uh, ten years ago. He was on when we discussed it. Uh, it he said it was all right, but he actually said <laughs> it, he liked it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I I really enjoyed this one. It was I watched it for the first time in ten years yesterday with Fred, and she she really liked it too. Did she uh, had she watched it before? Yeah, she watched it ten years ago. Okay. Uh, and then we ended up last night can. As we were watching, she saw the uh, tra- the next time trailer for uh, In the Forest of the Stupid, uh, and she insisted on watching that one, and right. she liked it. <laughs> oh my my! And I saw again. I saw again how horrible it is. Anyway, th- this one really enjoyed it. Didn't have didn't really have much of a problem with the uh, with Clara becoming the Doctor because we didn't know at this point that it was going to be a really that her character was going to continue doing this and become annoying for doing it. It was not annoying this time around because it was new. And yes, it will become very annoying. If you say so. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, And not looking forward to next week. All right. Thank you, Kirby. (laughs) Right. Um, Stuff coming through on the live feed. Um, Lillian um, has added the hashtag sexy nylon nerd. 
which is S-E-X-Y-N-Y, that's N for Norman, uh, L-O-N-N-E-R-D. And also, oh no, then Neil James come up and said, hi you magnificent humans. Uh, and then, oh here we go, and the flirting starts. Hi Lillian, <laughs> hi Neil. Uh, we'll leave them to it for the moment. Uh, and, and, then they, we, and Deb wanted Neil to know how much she enjoyed his show. Uh, we told him face to face. But she did say well, that. She, she did reiterate it. She, she couldn't be here to make yeah, sure she, to she, tell she, him. So. Yeah, she yeah. couldn't be bothered <laughs> to be today. here. Neil, she couldn't be bothered to be here. Um, uh, she uh, threw in um, one of those Reese Parton excuses to uh, avoid being on the show. But, uh, but we did enjoy it. Anyway, this is what the listeners are waiting for. Mary, what did you think of this one? Actually, it is a good story. It's a, it's, it's well run. It's well acted. It's well oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, well, you it, like it better been, this uh, ten years later than you did ten years ago. Oh, so ten years ago, I did not like it. Yeah, you, you were uh, on the negative side of it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I recognize this time, anyway, that it's a good story. Um, and it's a really good premise right up until Clara says the, the, the quiet part out loud. She, when she says, does this mean I'm you now? No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but, but it still isn't that, it, isn't, it hasn't become that yet, because the doctor is still mostly in charge, and he's telling her what to do, and she's doing it. Um, so that I, I was okay with that. Um, but of course, you know, the spark of the future uh, for Dr. Clara happens, you know, when she comes up with that idea of having um, the kid uh, paint the door, you know, that then I guess you know, brings back the TARDIS. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, this one good, you know, but you know, unfortunately, I have the uh, the um, view of history and I, and I know that we're headed into the Clara as a doctor um, and the and the doctor being this feeble old guy that needs someone looking after him um, that that's coming up. So I'm dreading it coming. But but for now, anyway, this story is good and I enjoyed it. Well, that's, um, that's uh, and I like the humor that was in it, too. Yes. yes. It was a lot oh, it, it was a lot of it, good humor in it. Yes. This, this is a, a really good episode. I'm just. Yeah, well, yeah. This is like classic Doctor Who. You know, the yeah. humor, the scariness. You know, a, a companion, and and the doctors trying to fix things. Yeah, this is classic Doctor Who. Excellent. So we liked it. I don't know what Debbie thought of it because she's not on the show. Uh, did um, Robert provide anything? Uh, no, okay. not really. But let me look at what he's. He's mostly talking about his moving and stuff. Today I am mostly talking about moving and stuff and how hot it is here in Australia. Yes, it was hot uh, medical stuff and uh, trying to move. Hot medical stuff and trying to move. Another way you sum things up. Okay, right then. So, Kirby, you've had plenty of time to prep for this particular part of the show, so I hope you're ready. I'm going to refresh because sometimes... People put stuff in there. I bet they do, but we're trying to get some feedback out of your uh, request. Uh, By the way, there was a little bit of feedback on the Isle of Wight. Let me refresh that one as well. So I'll start there. Uh, And the feedback is from Julian Clark. I love this episode. Right, okay. (laughs) Okay, now over on, uh, on the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who 
podcast Facebook group, which you can join. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Mr. M says, please don't do that. That's just wrong. I missed last week because I was on holiday. I'm still on holiday now, though, so that isn't really a very good excuse. I blame Reese Pardon. Right. <laughs> anyway, suffice to say, Moto is a great episode and deserves a hearty 9 out of 10. That's Mummy on the Orient Express. Uh, Flatline by Jamie Math Eson. <laughs> I have a colleague who was ten year, who was ten when this went out. If that makes me feel old, then who knows how old it must make you feel, Adam? What? <laughs> and the police officer getting sucked ooh, into the wall scared her so much that she refuses to watch Doctor Who to this day. What a brilliant <laughs> endorsement for for what is, for me, the best episode of this series. The monsters are brilliant, wonderfully realized, amazingly designed, and suitably scary. It's nice for us to get out of London for a change. The supporting characters are well-realized and memorable, and the narratively flows nicely with clever logical progression leading to some fun set pieces. And are you ready? Jenna Coleman is hot! She is indeed. I forgot so to mention nice that. it's nice that she gets to take center stage in this one. Despite that, it must be said that Capaldi's performance, limited as it is by setting and screen time, stands out with his defiant speech being his first real punch-the-air moment as the doc. Okay. The, P- the PC is called Forest. Is this another clever piece of Moffaty foreshadowing? <laughs> Moffaty. <laughs> yeah. Moffaty foreshadowing. The only downside for me... Mm. May I continue? No. The only downside for me is the phone call with Danny, which does feel rather shoehorned into the episode. Jenna's bum looks good when they jump out the window, though. Well, I think that comes under Jenna's Coleman's hot, so don't really have to worry. So, yeah, carry on with that one. Sati scene, he means so the. Right. Well, Sati yes. isn't totally wasted. And there's good dialogue as well, if you can focus on it. Anyway, putting that aside... I'd have to give this episode a 9.5 out of 10. I must do some audio again soon. I have something rather fun planned for Death in Heaven. Please don't take that out of context. Next time, wooden acting. And it's not just from the kids. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, someone, better warn Lillian. Someone named Neil James yeah. says, Flatline, missing people, tiny TARDIS, what's the link? The small TARDIS stuff is fantastic fun, and the episode gets off to a great start. Clara posing as the doc is funny, and the creepy moments work really work well. But after a while, I got a bit frustrated that Capaldi is stuck in the TARDIS, and the guest cast don't seem to shine in this story, so I tend to tune out around the halfway point. I do like the Missy teaser at the end, though. Three stars out of five. That, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Oh, I'm, I'm reminded of something I forgot to bring up. Right. Uh, that in the scene where the supervisor guy uh, pulls the TARDIS out of the bag, out of Clara's bag, and he drops it, they had a, uh, a prop TARDIS that was meant to be dropped already. But they accidentally dropped a much more expensive one, which caused a delay in filming because it broke. Oh dear! Oh. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Oopsie. 
Is that it? Yeah, that's everything I've got, except okay. for uh, you don't want me to read. Uh, well, I'm going to Tony McGrath and Danny Hughes. It's just come to six o'clock on Sunday night. I'm going to go forward in the bath, and well, it's Monday, but hey. Anyway, um, earlier in the week, I watched Flatline. I didn't watch it yesterday because I was uh, doing Parkland and I rugby tournament to go and play in a. God, I was walking like a sideman this morning after all this I'd done. But um, yeah, I, I did it really in the ironing. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday night, I don't know which one, but uh, yeah. Um, not one of the best, I don't think. Oh dear. What? It, didn't that storyline just didn't really seem to go anywhere. Obviously, something's attacking the TARDIS. And it, the TARDIS shrinking was getting quite was quite good. And actually, as well, uh, Clara becoming the Doctor of the day was also quite good. But it's just, you've got these aliens, the boneless, and it's trying to work out what it is they were, they're actually wanting to do. It did seem to be... You never really found it, did you? You know, what are they doing? They're, trying to, they're from a two-dimensional world going to a three-dimensional world, and they're killing people off, but why? What, what is it trying to achieve? Why that not? That never seems to take place. Um, never, you know, that never seems to get to be explained. I think it's clever the way they um, they got rid of them by the, doing the uh, the virtual door that uh, Rigsy paints on there, and they go in there, and they, they power the tiles again somehow. Um, but the doctor is trying to understand what the bonus are trying to do. You know, he said, are they just here to talk? Are they, what are they here for? That's what never, ever comes out. So I don't understand. It's it doesn't give any sort of sense or flow to the story. And that's what that's what's missing here. And so, uh, sorry, I just really, really didn't enjoy it. Um, it's good at the end when he saw Missy turning up and saying, you know, the, um, you've got that ongoing storyline with Missy. Of course, we don't know who Missy is, uh, but it's getting more and more suspicious, obviously. And so that that was good. But the rest of it. Nah, don't think I'll bother with one again. Anyway, until next time, be seeing you. All right, Kirby, explain to him, please. Explain to him what? I think he needs an explanation because he looked like he got confused somewhere along the line. Uh, he is, you, I'm not quite sure how to explain. <laughs> they, they, the, the monsters don't need an explanation. They were just monsters. Yeah. Well, you could say um, with the human beings who uh, obviously are, are genuinely the probably most evil race in the universe because they like to kill each other, animals, the earth. They just like to kill things. It's, you could say that it's an extreme version of humans. You know, they've arrived in another dimension. They think that they are the the true dimension, and they're just going to kill things just for the sheer fun of it, and then take over that dimension and then spread their existence. I think that's how you could probably potentially explain it. They're just evil. Yes, does that, does that cover it? Yes. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that does cover it. Uh, right. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, hello. Where are you going? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what's doing now. Uh, oh yes, yeah, so we're doing feedback, weren't we? Uh, Mary, we have something to um, dictate from the Mileses. Yes, and they say hello, everybody. This is the one with the two D people who are checking out Earth for an invasion. Watch out for murals on the walls. Looks like Danny is getting a bit controlling. At what point, Clara says she's the doctor. Oh, dear, that's the start of the slippery slope towards the raven. Sorry, spoilers there. We found this one to be a bit meh. This is an average story. Shame one or two of the actors looked at the cameras every so often. Oh, I didn't notice that, did you? No, I didn't notice it either. We will not be watching it again. No. 
That's Moxie from Alvidusen Pet as Fenton. Thank you very much. It's a shame Riggsy, Jovan Wade, didn't stay as a companion. Linda was happy to see Matt Bardock, ex of the TV hospital program, Casualty. Um, love the doctor saying, sorry, stopped listening a long time ago. <laughs> yes. I like that too, yeah. Oh, look, it's Missy again. That is getting a bit old now. Next up, the best thing to happen to London when the trees take over in the forest of the night. Linda and Terry Miles. Miles. Oh, very, very, very. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> that there, you're reading that from them reminded me where, where they said that they don't plan to watch this one again. Ten years ago, you said you did not want to ever watch this one again. Oh, sorry, Mary. <laughs> Isn't it funny how things change? Maybe because I know, you know, this is like the last gasp before things yeah. get really awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all probably would have watched it when it went out, you know, as a, as a, oh, this is a new episode of Doctor Who, let's talk about it. So this is a different context, but this is in Exactly, the yeah, we were, we were reviewing these, like, almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's also got to bear in mind that, you know, it's still one week, isn't it? But when there's no break in between the series, so we're just going straight from the end of one series into the next, then the Christmas specials. They're all. We normally have to wait for certain aspects of these, but we're we're doing it within a couple of weeks of one series finishing and the other one starting, and you know there may the six month wait between then and the Christmas special or whatever. So anyway, yeah. 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 yes, 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 okay. Hello, Twenty Megabyte Podcast. This is in Kirk. Hello, Ian. Flatline by Jamie Matheson. Two-dimensional creatures are stealing dimensional energy from the TARDIS, and it shrinks. The Doctor is trapped inside, and Clara takes over his role as investigator. The Doctor has seen the Adams family. Several Doctors have met Adams family. <coughs> We're in Bristol. The world's most famous graffiti artist is Banksy from Bristol. The TARDIS in siege mode looks like a model Pandorica for budgetary reasons. Very, very true. Many Doctor Who stories take place underground. Another Matthiason story, another train. Riggsy tries to use it to batter the creatures, even though he is from the wrong side of the tracks. Ah. When Clara tricks the creatures Hello. into pouring energy back into the TARDIS, the Doctor is freed. With a speech and a wave of the screwdriver, the creatures are banished. Several people got flattened. Usually, it is the Doctor who finds the death of a few people acceptable to save the world. This time, it is Fenton, the boss of the community service crew, mm. who does not care that some people have to go to the wall, and the Doctor does not like it. Mm. How will Fenton explain the loss of half his community service crew? Bye for now. Very true. I mean, it's interesting this this uh, this setup with the community service crew. There is a, a TV show on the BBC about a community service crew, which um, I can't remember what it's called. Is it the Outsiders or something like that? Um, and they get embroiled in all sorts of goings on. And uh, one of the the stars of that series is a, a certain um, iconic American actor whose name escapes me. Um, Bells. He's, he's that, that iconic. Actor huh? that's in that. Is that the Outsiders? He's also a Hollywood actor. I can't remember his name now. Um, he's in Dune 2, because I've seen a trailer. That's, that's 
loads of actors in Doom 2. Oh, for God's sake. I really do need to remember his name. Oh, and you should know that one, because you're clever. The whole family is having a, uh, a senior moment, huh? Me? Uh, honestly, Mary, that this. No, because you left. It's still on the screen waiting to be done, so you'll have to come back at some point when I'm not busy. Fine. Uh, right, hang on, I'll look it up now. Uh, so it's outsiders. Just to talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Somebody come up with the answer while I'm trying to... Oh, the, that's a film. That's, was it called The Outsiders, that series? The Outsiders. No one about the uh, community service people. What was that called? Oh, oh, you're on about Christopher Walken, aren't you? Yes, there we go. She did know. Christopher Walken, yeah, he's, he's um, in that... What, is it called The Outsiders? Did I get it right? I think it's The Outsiders. I don't okay. remember, but I know what show you're on about. Oh. Outsiders. No, I, I, I I've taken a look at the like, um, yeah. comments on the live. It's The Outlaws. Oh, Outlaws, yeah. Why is that? Because like, uh, like, I just yeah, remember Stephen Merchant, because... Yeah. yeah, a bit of a casting uh, gem, really. How the hell did I get and You, you, you can thank for a, Julian for that. BBC Three programme. I actually don't know. Well, you can ask a lot from how BBC... Well, BBC got Lin-Manuel Miranda for his Dark Materials. don't know how they did that. Yeah, but, but... The Outlaws is not a mainstream BBC programme. So it is quite <laughs> remarkable. Anyway, yes, thank you, uh, Belsie Poo. Sorry, let me know. Um, how, how did Amy uh, do this week? Did she, you know... Did she fall down to the ground? Oh, she may well have done, yes, I thought. Anyway. Goodbye. <laughs> Had to be done. Right then, um, so that's it for feedback, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. maybe not. They've all, they've all fallen asleep. Um, let's see what's coming through on the live feed. Uh, we got... Uh, the, the, what is the poor train driver going to tell his... Did you read that one out? No. Oh, I'll just do it myself then. Oh, uh, yeah, so Julian Gabriel Clark, Outlaws. Thank you, Julian. Uh, Lillian Robin. Um, I don't know if I did all your hashtags properly, Lillian, actually. So we'll go Lillian's legs. Uh, legs of legs for days. Uh, by the way, I still haven't had my, um, my sort of um, payment for the Lillian's legs uh, hashtag. Uh, <laughs> hashtag sexy nylonard. I don't know what that is. And Lily's bum. I think there's other stuff on there Lillian but hopefully that's enough of a plug for you um, anyway she says what is that poor train driver going to tell his bosses that he lost a train uh, train's there it's just it's a drawing on the wall now and then uh, Julian Gabriel Clark Christopher Walken thank you I wish I picked up on that comment earlier and then Julian Gabriel Clark outlaws so I got there in the end. It does sometimes take me a bit of time. You have to remember I'm quite old. I've been doing this show for I mean, 14 years, nearly 14 years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Isabella was a tiny little three-year-old when I started. I feel like maybe I should have given up years ago. But anyway, no, back to no, Doctor Who. No. Yeah, what would I do on a Sunday afternoon? Oh, I'd probably watch telly or work <laughs> or stuff. Um, we're going to have more and more to do. And maybe I'd also have more cups of tea. I've only had one since I finished work. It's a very difficult thing to contend with. Right, Doctor Who News is the next feature we're going to do on this show. Is it, though? Um, oh, talking about Doctor Who News. Um, well, it's all, also encompassed with FantasyCon News. Mm-hmm. Sure, so, oh, yes, I might have accidentally bought a Dalek um, off our friend Griff, who um, used to live on the Isle of Wight and used to create and still does create Doctor Who props um, he, he created uh, Julian Gabriel Clark's K9 who 
uh, we very iconically had photographed with John Leeson. And, is it um, a full-size Dalek? It's a full-size Dalek. Uh, I haven't got it yet because he lives he lives on the mainland somewhere. But I, I, I missed out on a, on a Dalek he had for sale last year because we ummed and ahed about it, and I didn't think Deb would think it was a good idea. Uh, and then he sold it to someone else, and I was gutted. Then Roy bought uh, Dale K, which is his Dalek. Um, and so I said to uh, Griff, uh, that if one becomes available, please you know, give me first dibs on it. Uh, one became available. Needs a bit of work doing to him, but then it, it actually that gives it more of an element of a 1960s Dalek. But he says it's uh, uh, based on a genesis of the Daleks one. So it's like a light blue Dalek or silvery blue. So where are you going to put it? Uh, that's the problem. I haven't got any room in this place. So I'm hoping to find somebody who's prepared to uh, store it uh, in between us using it for stuff. Um, so that's that's the problem. I haven't got it yet, but it's something that uh, is in the pipeline. I'm hoping Roy might be able to potentially store it with Dale K, but um, see how we get on with that one. You, you can go store it in that uh, garage by with the guy who's got the uh, TT main bang. No, because the only thing that fits in that garage is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mini Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and a flat pack TARDIS. So, but anyway, the plus side of it, I seem to have a Dalek. But again, these are a bit, well, it's very exciting. Very well, exciting. You've always wanted a Dalek. Not really. I just feel that um, I, I need to make some sort of contribution. I want a Dalek. Well, Fred wants a Dalek. Uh, I've she, got a she's, small she's, one, she's, yeah. got, she's got her uh, her Lego Dalek, but it's dismantled in the garage. Yeah, if, so. it were, if it were a Lego Dalek, I don't think I'd have a storage issue, to be fair. No, um, no, no. This, don't you remember the Lego Dalek? It's, it's a full-size Dalek, but it looks like it's made out of Legos. No, I've seen a sort wow. of full-size TARDIS made out of Lego. That must have been blimmin' heavy. Anyway, so that's that's Fantasy Gone News, apart from the other bits and bobs that may have been mentioned in the past. Um, yeah, so uh, things are taking along with Fantasy Con. Um, I'm very busy doing other stuff, so that's why it's not a constant stream of, of, of posts about the event, uh, but things are still happening in the background. Um, and I might have to repost stuff just to keep the, the, the momentum going. But it's a long time away, good six months off. So, but it's all quite, quite exciting, isn't it? Oh, there's been some passings actually uh, recently of a celebrity people, um, and I, I was unaware of this one. Pamela Salem, um, who uh, was a very beautiful lady, who is very iconically in um, Robots of Death. Uh, as far as Doctor Who goes, anyway, she's got lots and lots of stuff, but. Uh, like the need in line, late seven, and Howard's Way, and all, all sorts of things. But uh, uh, I can't remember a character name in the, in that uh, Doctor Who story, the uh, Robots of Death. But she was very good, and um, yeah, eighty years old. She also money penny and great James Bond. Never say never again. She would have been the perfect money penny. So I'm not surprised she played that part. Uh, so sad. Um, Doctor Who Chronicles 1971. The new 116-page bookazine from the makers of Doctor Who magazine celebrates an unforgettable era in the show's history. Um, and it says, The success of the first episode starring John Pertwee saved the series from the threat of cancellation. A year later, the next phase of its reinvention introduced a new assistant for the, the Doctor, 
and a debonair adversary to threaten him during his exile on Earth. The colourful formula for some of Doctor Who's best-loved adventures was complete. And that is a Chronicles of 1971, uh, and it's priced at 11.99, um, and probably can be bought from places like whoone.co.uk if you don't live in is the whoone.co.uk? Hmm. Edge of Destruction on Zoe, Zoe Trope Picture Disc. To, to mark Record Store Day 2024, Damon Records, sorry, Demon Records, sorry, um, are releasing the complete narrated TV soundtrack of the Doctor Who story, The Edge of Destruction. Um, Going to get that, Kobe? No. God, I'm very quiet. <laughs> I assume that is a no. That's uh, essentially uh, Doctor Who news. Um Somebody else passed away today, and I, I, I seem to find it quite sad. I noticed Ringo Starr got knighted by Prince William. Uh, I thought he'd already been knighted. So, and that's a lot of Doctor Who news, but that just sort of sprung to mind. Um, oh, that's, this is well, interesting. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know that, and I did not know that. So um, let's see what's coming through on the live feed. Um... Julian Gabriel Clark says, if anyone's interested, my fan film with the, with Doctor Who London will be out later this week. Well, when you have a um, a link to that, Julian, please post it on the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast Facebook group, which you can join. Because I know Kirby, for one, would be particularly interested in it. Wouldn't you, Kirby? Absolutely. I already, uh, when I found out about it yesterday, I subscribed to that YouTube channel. Oh, sorry. See, Kirby's got time to to develop to, to develop to devote uh, to the social media side of things. So, um, I bet. Kirby, I'm always you are on now, social media. Kirby, you are now hi- hired as the 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast official social media tuner in era. So congratulations. Okay. okay. Love yeah, the enthusiasm. The, the uh, Facebook group is called uh, not Facebook group. The um, oh, there is a Facebook group, but. There's Doctor Who London fan films and socials, and there's I, that might also be the uh, YouTube. Yeah, I guess the YouTube is called Doctor Who London fan films. Do you know what? I just thought something's just dawned on me, Kirby. That here we are doing a podcast, doing the best podcast in the world about Doctor Who. Yes. Oh, good. No one's interrupting me and disagreeing with that. Um, and we're not members of Dwas. How did this happen? I remember Dwas back when I first heard about Doctor Who. So are you a member of Dwas now? No. Are you a Which member of Dwas? No. Pardon? What do you, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. That's my job yeah. to say that, say okay. that Kirby. Okay. I, I set, set the um, the question up. Yeah, I should really join them, to be fair. So might, uh, might have to do that at some point. Anyway, so uh, moving on, the next piece of the show. Um, actually, I'm going to have a sneaky peek. It's not for sponsorship reasons. Um, but I'm going to quit sneaky peek at whoone.co.uk because as I say, whoone.co.uk. They're, they're not so much. We're not so much being sponsored by them, but we're, they're our friends, and they've invested money in the show over the years. So I'm just going to see what they've got going on at their amazing website, Church on Ruby Road DVD. I can't believe the DVDs are still being manufactured and stuff. That's it's amazing. Well, yeah. DVDs have been around for years. Although, as I understand it, they're not doing them in Australia anymore. Oh well, that... which is upsetting some people. Oh dear. Well, if it was done in New Zealand, have you ever heard a New Zealander speak? Very, very confusing. 
No, you've got A-E-I-O-N-U, the five vowels. New Zealanders seem to swatch, switch them around into different pronunciations. And if you watch Lego Masters New Zealand, as I, as I do, or the spoiler there for what I've been watching this week, it's very you get distracted by the, this weird way of pronouncing stuff. Even worse than the Americans. Isn't that right, Kirby? I don't know. <laughs> okay, what Church on Ruby Road DVD is uh, available at whoon.co.uk along with Daleks in, in Colour, um, which is a DVD, I presume, of... Hang on, let's have a quick look at this. Uh, on an alien world, the Doctor encounters Daleks... Oh, this is the Daleks, as in the story of the Daleks in Colour, uh, which was which I've actually saved onto the Sky Q box from its broadcast on BBC4 a, a few weeks ago. Escape the Daleks! A thrilling adventure for the third Doctor, as played by on TV by John Pertwee and his companion Joe Grant. It's a CD. Um, four coaster set of Doctor Who stuff, like a Cyberman from 1968 and TARDIS and other, oh, Dalek and some other graphics. Uh, Dalek Invasion minifigures. Um, there's, oh, that's like four Daleks. Uh, Star Beast, the novel, we spoke about that last time. I'm just going to see if I'm right about the um, that magazine I just mentioned, Doctor Who magazine, it's it don't think I can see it. Maybe I should search. I've been advising people to buy Doctor Who magazine from this website for several years without actually um, searching to see if they actually sell it. Oh, darn, I typed it in wrong. It doesn't look like they do. Oh, well, at least it makes people look at the website, doesn't it? Um, and Would of course, um, UK? as previously announced, uh, Sylvester McCoy is featuring at FantasyCon this year. So I, I would think, wouldn't it be nice to get a few people to buy the question mark um, pullover from Lavazzi? Uh, and I reckon you'd be highly impressed if a, a lot of Doctor Who fans came dressed as a Seventh Doctor to... It's an easier... One of the easiest Doctor Who cosplays, especially if you buy the various items you can get from lavazzi.co.uk. Uh, right, we're moving on to what we watched this week. Is that all right with you, Mary? It's all right with me. Good, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'll see if I can remind you my, my account. That would remind me what films I've seen this week. Because actually we've suddenly gone back into being prolific cinema goers this week. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I should say. Uh, I can't find it. Oh, I've got to log in first. I'm sorry. Uh, but televisually... Uh, Traitors Australia, or as uh, anybody who watches the series knows, and I've mentioned this previously on the show, Traders. The Traders Australia. Uh, <laughs> we just started watching that after having finished watch, finishing watching the UK one. The American one is going to be available on the iPlayer quite soon. Um, the usual stuff I watch on Discovery Plus and football and um, and this that. Um, What's about the, the program where the, the planes crash? Air, air crash investigation? Uh, series 22 is currently on one of... The, I think it's on um, National Geographical Channel or something like that. But um, last night we went to see... Oh, God, it's Olivia Coleman's film. And because I didn't buy it online, it hasn't saved the fact that I went to see it. I'm going to Google it because I'm, ter I'm terrible at remembering the titles of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just talk too. amongst yourselves for a second. I've got to find out before Julian gets gets the title. 
Oh God, I put, I did that wrong. I put google.co.uk, not .co.uk. And it's Olivia Coleman. Yeah, Cole, <laughs> Livia. Yeah, Coleman. That doesn't leave much uh, eliminated. Do you know what film <laughs> and, it is, uh, then, Mary? I love oh, that in the Five Ish Doctors reboot, she uh, says that. It's one of her yeah, lines. Yeah. I mean, everything. Oh, I've got it, right. So, yes. Yes, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it now. So, on fr- is it Thursday or Friday? Anyway, we went to the cinema. Me and Deb went to the cinema to watch uh, Wicked Little Letters, which is. Uh, Olivia Coleman's elitist course, movie. Coming true of uh, David Tennant too. He, he seems to be in everything now. Yeah, he presented yes. the BAFTAs. Yes, yeah. BAFTAs. The BAFTAs, the BAFTA Awards. If you get a chance to watch them, I don't know if you do or not. Were, were it's a great show. They're, obviously, the awards are great anyway, and there's some, they're, all the stars that won them were actually there, which is incredible. But the highlight was the the best picture award which was presented by michael j fox who was absolutely amazing um he got wheeled slightly onto the stage and then he walked uh, a short distance to the microphone to do the presentation and in he's just he's just an icon isn't he's an american goodness. actor so what's he doing the baptist for well the baptist there's only one category which is best british film which is a british only everything else was won by international um films and stuff so um, I see. Barbie, and Barbie missed letters, out again. There, Timothy Spall is in that. In what? Wicked. Oh, you know about Timothy Spall now, but not Alfie. I do about pet, it before. First series or first thing he ever did. That's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Anyway, so yeah, Wicked Little Letters. If if you so get. Who, what, what was the best picture? Who? What? What film won? Oh God! Now I've got to Google the BAFTA. Um, oh God! <laughs> BAFTA t- film 2024. Uh, that's three. I can't even... Uh, winners. No, I've got to try and type this in before Julian comes up with the answers. Oh, hang on. Uh, winners, Oppenheimer. Right Will you be quiet? She asked me. <laughs> right then. The BAFTA... I shouldn't be spoilerific at this stage because the BAFTAs were last Sunday. Okay, oh, so... Yeah, go. <laughs> I'll do it in the order it says on the screen. Yes, yeah, so uh, Best Actor, uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Uh, best Actress, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Zone of Interest, uh, Best British Film. Um, Poor Things, uh, Best Visual Effects. Anything? What, any particular category you wanted me to read out? Mary, yeah, I just went the Best Picture. And, done that uh, one. So you said it was Oppenheimer. Yeah. No, I said it was Oppenheimer. Best Film, Oppenheimer. <laughs> best Film. Mm-hmm. Rising Star, Mia McKenna-Bruce. Uh, best Supporting Actor, Robert Downey Jr. Don't know if you've heard of him. Um... Where's oh, good. Film? I see Boy and the Heron won Best Animated Film. I need to see that. Yeah, that did indeed win Best Animated Film. I'm trying to see one of the other ones that are, people yeah, actually are interested zone in. Of interest, yeah. Best Original Screen... Can I say that in English this time? Best Original Screenplay was Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, best Documentary, 20 Days in Maripool. Uh, what else we got here? Best Supporting Actress, Divine Joy Randolph for Holdovers. Now, that's a great film. Very good. And she's absolutely fantastic in it, so she well deserved that. Again, say the film again. Have you seen it? Have you seen Holdovers, Mary? No. That's what I wanted. The, the name of the film that she won it for was, you said it was Holdovers? Yeah, The Holdovers, yeah. Okay. Um, right, really good film. Um, about it, really. Any, any other particular thingies you want me to read out from oh. that list of winners? There's quite a lot down here. 
No, I'll take that as a no then. Um, right, so that moving on to what I watched this week, back to um, the TV programmes that I've uh, outlined and the sports and um, stuff. Uh, Matt and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway started up again this week. Um, and uh, there's loads of stuff we've still got on the Skybox we haven't watched yet. But the Iron Claw uh, we watched on Wednesday the 14th of the 2nd. Did I talk about that last time? Not that I, well, no, I don't remember. Mm. Okay, well, the Iron Claw is, is a, about a family of wrestlers uh, uh, starring uh, Zac Efron, who um, who he's apparently got some sort of block on getting awards because he appeared in a movie called High School Musical back in the day. But he's actually a very very talented chap, uh, and he, he's in that. He's a star of this movie. It's got a good cast anyway. It's a really good film. Um, it's based on a true story, although. It's been sort of changed quite a lot to turn it into a more, you know, dynamic. A lot of tragedy in it, but a really, really good film. Um, and the other night we watched a film called Bob Marley One Love, which is one of the most uh, heartwarming, uh, what do you call it? What word for it? Uh, tributes. That's a word for it. Good. Yeah, one of the most heartwarming tributes to an iconic musician that i've ever seen and it's wonderful and bob miley's one it was nice for me because i mean uh bob miley was about when i was you know as far as he, he was rising into you know the stratosphere when i was uh, about 11 or 12 years old and uh one of the first records i bought master blaster um which was the double a side i can't remember the other song side was so it he holds a, a particular place in my heart, and uh, it's a such it's still a, a, a such a shame he died so blooming well young. Spoilers, he does die. Anybody who hasn't seen, I'm uh, sorry, but really? um, are you kidding? He's uh, living in a retirement community in Florida. I wish he was, <laughs> but no. Bob Bob Miley One Love is is an absolute cracking film with amazing performances in it um all round and uh, i suppose the fact that it's uh, partly produced by ziggy marley and rita marley uh, they obviously made sure that it was it, it was factual and um, also a great tribute to a great man so those are what i watched this week what about you then cubby uh did i mention last time that i was trying to watch the most recent spider-man movies yeah, I think you see you going to, and I was talking about the animated one that I, I still haven't watched yet. The most, the second yeah, one. I've, seen I, the first I've, one. I've watched the the first of the two animated ones several years ago. I need to to watch the second one. I understand it's fantastic. So well, the first I, one's uh, fantastic. Watched, so if the second one's fantastic, that must be an amazing achievement. Carry on. I, I watched uh, Spider Man. Uh, which one is this one? Uh, Homecoming. Oh yeah, you said that last time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, which I liked. I started to watch Spider Man Far From Home. And I found it tedious and uninteresting, so I stopped about 45 you minutes in. naughty man. And I, I asked um, asked the geek daughter, do I have to finish this one? And she, she said, no, it's not no. necessary for uh, No Way Home, which No Way Home is apparently really good. So I'll try yep. to watch Spider-Man No Way Home uh, possibly next week. Yeah. Uh, and let's see if I was able to get together with her again. And we watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which I loved. <laughs> uh, Thor Love was, and Thunder. Which one's that one? Uh, what in, in, most, in order of 
production. The most recent Thor uh, movie. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Where he's up against, I think it's Christopher Walken. As, uh, no, no, it's Christopher Eccleston. No, no, that's the second one. <laughs> and that one I've not seen for some reason. Oh, dear. Have you not? Why not? Uh, because I heard that it was not very good. Uh, oh, don't yeah, pay attention Thor, Thor to what other people Thor think. Thor is two years ago. And, oh, it's Christian Bale uh, yeah. is the bad guy in it. So not Christopher Walken or Christopher Eccleston? No. Okay. No. Uh, Russell Crowe's in it. Natalie Portman. Mm. Yeah. Anything else? That's uh, pretty much it. Oh, Russell Crowe was in it. Yeah. Uh, he played Zeus. Yeah. Oh, Christ, someone's got annoyed about that and slammed the door. <laughs> so so that's that's pretty much I, I I mostly watch YouTube. I'm sorry. Well, Julian says it's good if you like Loki. I like Loki. I like a lot of the TV like series, Loki. Loki is a character in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Brother really? of Thor. You don't know who Loki is? Oh, my God, Kirby. Yes, I know. Oh, I, my I, God. The, the series. Good grief. Okay. I loved it. Yeah, but about Loki, as in Loki, the character within all what the stuff about that Loki's it? been. Pardon? I don't know why you're trying to, to push my buttons about some of these things. No, I'm not pushing your buttons. I'm just so Julian says it's good if you like Loki. So I'm just relaying that to you. I do like Loki. You. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. Right. Are Prepare you your... down? <laughs> if you think of anything Are else, we... Kirby. I thought we'd be watching loads of stuff. No. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, loads <laughs> of YouTube. Oh, well, do they, does that count? No. Oh. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, it's, it's like when... when uh... Oh, yeah, I did watch uh, the second Black Panther film. And what did you think of that one? Oh, it was great. Loved uh, it. Yeah. But yeah, all... but then I, I, I have this, this annoying habit, according to the Geek Daughter, of after we watch these Marvel stuff. Uh, I then go out and I find YouTube videos breaking down all the Easter eggs. Oh, right. So, yeah, that so doesn't I've surprise got, me I've of you like at all. i three hours worth of, uh, of YouTube videos to watch uh, just for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. Right, I did something, something similar to you the other day, actually, when I was, oh, and I was listening to the Peeps books and he was, talking about a subject so i had to google oh yeah he was talking about one of the women he had some illicit or he had many illicit stuff going on with women throughout the six years that he wrote the main diaries but there's one particular woman he uh, mentioned that he had a bit of a thing with uh so i had to google her up to see what she because she's he said oh she's really pretty blah 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 so i had to google up to see a painting of her to see if um, i i would agree with him um and i didn't right then so um mary what did you watch this week then well, my viewing would probably be very boring to most people because uh, I like to watch sports. Um, so, of course, Good I'm for you. watching basketball. Don't find that boring now, now at all. That um, now that their big, um, what do you call it, all-star weekend was over, you know, now I'm back into watching those games. Yes. And, um, and in the U.S., it's spring training time for baseball, which is my first love. Um, and so I've been watching the exhibition games that have been being played um, of the various teams. And uh, 
in the spring, they, they do their training camps down in warm weather states. So the, a lot of the East Coast teams go down to Florida and a lot of the other the West Coast and middle of the country teams go down to Arizona. So they divide into two like camps. Uh, one is called the, the Grapefruit League. That, those are the ones in Florida. <laughs> and then the Cactus League are the ones that go to uh, Arizona. So I they, always wondered why they had they call that the Cactus League. I'd never thought of that. You've that now been the, educated. Thank you, Mary. Training facilities are down in Arizona. Yeah. So then the divided like that across the country, they use the Cactus League teams pretty much play each other during the spring, you know, to get their skills up. And then the East Coast teams that go down to Florida, the, the Grapefruit League. Um, they play each other. Um, so it's kind of fun to watch the, the spring training because you're, you're seeing the, the players that are coming up from the minor leagues to um, you know, getting their chance to show off what they can do to see who's going to join like the, the real, the, the professional teams, you know, for real um, when the um, season officially starts at the end of March. So I've been watching the, the spring training games and they're fun. Um, in terms of TV that isn't <laughs> basketball, baseball, I've been watching the, the series called The Chosen, because um, this is kind of a religious time of year. It's Lent for Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm watching The Chosen. And although I can nitpick some of the things that they do and some of the people that they portray, because um, I, I do read the Bible, um, the overall theme is just a really good one, you know, how Jesus came to, you know, to make everybody pretty much, you know, lay down your arguments and stop, get your noses out of all these, um, uh, what you know, like books of particulars as to how to worship and how to do, you know, this thing or that thing is just love one another. So I can't argue with the theme, Um, but I'm just, I just finished season one and and, uh, there's three seasons on Netflix of The Chosen. Yeah. Um, and I guess the fourth season is out in theaters now. Um, so that's what I watched there. Now, in terms of Big Finish, um, I'm revisiting um, a series called Dark Eyes that features the Eighth Doctor. Um, and it was, it, I mean, when it came out, and it, it came out like in 2012, um, it got all kinds of accolades. And I remember really loving it. So listening to it again, and I still love it. It's a really well written, very well done. Uh, Paul McGann does what Paul McGann does best. <laughs> he rails at the skies. Yeah. Um, and the first box set of four stories or three stories um, eventually grew into four box sets, all called Dark Eyes, you know, as his adventures continue. Um, and I remember enjoying all of them. So I'm looking forward to hearing it all again. So that's what I've been up to. Thank you, Mary. Excellent work. Yeah, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to look through the. Um, I mean, you know the the awards and award ceremonies. They do they do like an, um, a tribute tr- a reel of the people that have died within the time that the current ceremony goes out and the previous one. Always a very moving affair. Uh, but there's a couple of people on that I didn't even know were dead, but I can't remember who they were now. But um, it's always and a bit sometimes of they miss people in those tributes. But as well. the 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 actor who played opposite. Um, uh, Sylvester Sloan in the Rocky films passed away recently as well, didn't he? Uh, he'd yeah, been, I saw he'd that. Been, he'd been in, um, was it in the Marvel Universe? Played a character? Where he thought of, uh, 
Yeah, I can't find anybody that, that apart from, uh, as far as Saints fans go, Chris Nickel, one of our old players and managers, passed away um, yesterday, I believe. Um, I'm just making sure I haven't missed anybody because it's... Uh, no, it's too far back now. But anyway. Um, so, next time... Hang on, let's see what I'm doing next week before I yeah, see why commit it's going myself. On I nearly didn't do calendar. it this week because I'm so busy, Kirby. I should have actually been working the night we went to see Neil James. So I thought, well, maybe to make up for it, we don't do the show this week. But fortunately, um, you should be very grateful to Debbie for, for allowing me to do this uh, with just a little bit of a grumble. Uh, well, you, so. you had to see Neil for Lillian's sake. <laughs> yeah. oh, I did take a well. I've got a picture. I hope Lillian saw the picture of myself, um, uh, Mrs. Melrose, and Neil. Uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, get a picture of Neil in his uh, his uh, makeup and costume, uh, but um, and he got out of that costume very quick at the end of it. To be fair, um, what else we've got coming up? So does we see? It looks like it's okay for for next week or next time. I, I say, and we'll be reviewing a, a story. Uh, called In the Forest of the Night. Now, please, listeners, Must we? don't take any notice of, of, of the co-presenters on this show who try and put our listeners off potentially watching the next story by saying, oh, this one's really rubbish. I'm really not looking forward to watching well, this I'll one. Shut it. up, it's otherwise they won't really watch rubbish. it. We haven't, don't, haven't got a show to do. So I'm not being um, contaminated by your opinions. Um, uh, I I enjoyed Flatline uh, and I didn't expect to like it because I'd forgotten about it. I thought, well, if if it was that good, I'd remember it. And in fact, I'm glad I didn't remember it because I watched it as a new episode and thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I can't really remember much about In the Forest of the Night, apart from there were lots of kids in it. Um, So we look forward to, well, I personally look forward to watching another episode that feels like a new one. uh, And uh, hopefully uh, maybe others of you who haven't seen uh, In the Forest of the Night, uh, will take the sense to take absolutely no notice of Kirby. Right. And as we've shown, you know, things that we've hated before, we come back and we go, oh, you know, that was really good. Or something that we loved before. Really looking forward to it. That's true. And also, (laughs) there's us all gushing about this episode, and and Andy Nunny fell asleep, obviously, through it, because obviously he missed some of it. Yes. Lillian Robbins says, yes, I saw the picture of you and Neil. I thought she'd say something like, yes, I saw the picture of you and Neil, and I'll never forgive you. I should have been there. No, she didn't say <laughs> So, anyway, uh, thank you for listening, watching, taking part in the show. Please uh, provide us with feedback. Otherwise, I'll set the dog on you. Hey, Kurt. Uh, no, I mean, I... I oh. How did he move the to bed today? Um, Odie's down there. He's asleep. But I'll wake him up and I'll, I'll set him onto you <laughs> if you don't provide it. It's the only thing we can do after 14 years is threaten people to get them to provide feedback for the show. It's a sad state <laughs> we, of affairs, we, isn't it? We're getting a decent amount of feedback. Do, have you ever listened to a show called Bigger on the Inside? Half their show was just about feedback. And some of it was sent yeah. in by me. Anyway, Julian Clark I, I, I don't... I really don't listen to many other Doctor Who oh, podcasts no, I, d- I don't I now, to but to back like in the day, I did. don't either. Back in the day, I did. Anyway, uh, Julian Clark says, it's no better than fear her. Huh? But the performance, uh, the performance is elevated, to, so it's uh, fun to watch. Thank you, Julian. Uh, sorry about, sorry about my inability night. to read normal English, which seems a sort of a problem. Anyway, you're saying, Kirby. 
No, yeah, I, I think that they're referring to in the force of the night. Yes, of course. Okay. But do you know? Do you notice then? I got through my goodbye line and didn't actually get to the the initiation of the goodbye for some reason or another. I can't remember how that worked, but we're going to do it again. Thank you for listening, watching Tape. Tape, back. Can I start again? Thank you for listening, watching Tape, a part in the show. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye, fancy pants. Bye bye. The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast is an APV Services production sponsored by whoone.co.uk and lavazi.co.uk. We are proud members of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Doctor Who is a trademark of the BBC. No copyright infringement intended. The music on this podcast is covered by limited online music license from PRS for Music.